Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't love cleaning and organizing. I'm also... I'm also the author of two books, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, which is available in digital versions for $1.99 this month. And I'm also the author of Decluttering at the Speed of Life, which is available for pre-order. It will come out February 27th. If you order now, you get special bonuses. Go to aslobcomesclean.com slash book slash book to find out about both of those. Okay. Um, so this is podcast number 155 and I am answering a question from one of you today. Um, yeah, I'm calling this one the simplest solution. Um, and I'm gonna talk about why the simplest solution tends to be so difficult for me. I don't really know why, but it is anyway. Um, but before I do that, I am speaking next week at the library in South Lake. I have information on that at aslobcomesclean.com slash speaking. I would love to meet you there. And at the end of the episode, if I remember, I will talk to you about some other upcoming speaking dates that I have in other areas of the country. So, okay. So this is the question. Living areas. This is now the person who, who is asking the question talking. Okay. Not really them talking. It's me talking, but I'm reading whatever. Here's my dilemma. I look around the living room. One big problem is stacks of books. There are books on the end table, on the coffee table, on the TV table, on the floor. Now I have bookshelves in my bedroom that would hold all these books. There are empty shelves, but between me and the empty shelves on the far side of my bed are piles of clothing, shoes, hangers, blankets, and miscellaneous other stuff. I don't know what the word is. Um, that makes a very effective barrier between me and putting away the books. So if I want to declutter the books from my living room, is the answer to do the bedroom first a truly daunting job in order to be able to then walk all the books in and put them away? Because otherwise, there's simply nowhere for the books to go if I pick them up from their now semi-permanent status on every surface of my living area. It's a pretty small house and full of stuff. Help. Okay. I'm going to say I totally get why this feels complicated. Like I totally completely get that, but it actually isn't. And I'm going to answer that. But before I do want to tell you about prep dish, who is our sponsor for this week. How are your new year's resolutions going y'all? Are you eating healthier? If that was your goal for 2018, if you found yourself frustrated or wanting to already give up, check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean. Prep dish is a healthy subscription based meal planning service. It is specifically designed to help you make healthy meals actually happen. They plan your meals, create a grocery list, and write out a step-by-step plan for you to prep the week's meals ahead of time. The plans coming to your email inbox on Friday eliminate the excuse of not wanting to or having time to plan, and doing the prep work ahead of time eliminates the excuse that you're too tired to cook on the night you serve the meals. The prep work is already done at that point. Allison, the founder of PrepDish, is offering listeners of A Slob Comes Clean a free two-week trial. Go to PrepDish.com slash A Slob Comes Clean. That's PrepDish.com slash A Slob Comes Clean to get your free free two-week trial. Yeah, I can't talk today. Okay. 
All right. So the question is, what do you do when there's all these books and you know what needs to be done with them? There is actually a place to go, but there is a whole bunch of, there are piles of clutter between you and the place that they need to go. Um, yeah, I totally get this. Um, here's the short answer. Make a path. Um, I know it's possible because I've done it uh, many times in my life. Uh, that's my one of my best friend's favorite things that I ever said on my blog. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? But this is her thing that she thinks is so funny is how I mentioned one time that my husband's only real request for me in my slob struggles um, was just as long as I have a path. He just wants a path. And so you can make a path. You can kick everything to the side because if it's on the floor, it's probably not clean clothes anyway. Um, just make a path and and put the books away. So that's the simplest solution. But why, now we're going to talk about why it feels so hard. Because that is the truth that it does feel that hard. And I tend to to always have a long answer for everything. If somebody asks me a question, like, let's say that, (laughs) let's say that you're in a group, you know, and they say, okay, everybody go around, tell your name, tell where you're from, and tell what you had for breakfast. Everybody else gives three one word answers. My name is Harriet. I am from Nebraska. And I had cereal for breakfast. And then it gets to me and I say, I'm Dana. Um, And so I'm technically from Dallas, but, um, you know, I I mean, who knows what I'm going to say or, you know, for my breakfast, I'll be like, well, so I really just had coffee, but by the time, you know, but I, I mean, who even knows? I just come up with all these other things to say because that is how I roll because I'm like, well, I don't want to tell a lie. And so I'm going to give you all these details because for me to just say I'm from Dallas, it doesn't really truly help you understand. I mean, this is one of those random examples that I'm making up as I go along and it's not making that much sense, but I'm just saying I always have a long answer. For me, I started realizing in my 20s that that most of the time when I would answer a question that other people would answer very simply, two or three word answer, I usually started my answer with, well, um, and that's this joke that my husband and I have, is me going, well, because I'm about to say that. And furthermore, that's one of my favorite words is, well, and furthermore, this, 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 isn't this, let me go back and explain why this is. And I love the word technically. And I love the word actually, because I've got, I can't just give a short answer. I like to explain everything about it, which honestly is how God made me. And that is why I'm able to write a whole entire book on, um, managing your own without losing your mind. Because I can go on and on and on and look at every single angle of a certain subject. And, and so I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it's just part of who I am. It's part of my personality. I analyze it from every single angle. 
And that hurts my home. It just does. And the reason why I say that is I, there are some things I have had to come to a, um, I had to just come to this point of acceptance that there are some things that don't deserve a story on my part. You know, like, for example, my, um, I don't know if I've told this story before and I don't think she listens to my podcast, but even if you do, Hey, sweetie. Um, so normal friend, uh, that I actually had just put something out on Facebook talking one of my posts where she had come over and kind of helped me clean or something. And she was being so supportive and great and everything. Well, then she came back another time and there were napkins on the floor, dirty napkins on the floor under the table. And it was kind of like she was coming and I was completely frazzled. And like, I think we met at my house. I'd been running around doing all this stuff. And so I hadn't gotten to do my pre-cleaning like I like to do, even though I knew she was coming to, you know, help me clean or whatever. Um, and she was just like, how in the world does this happen? And I'm like, well, there's a story behind it. And that's a big part of a lot of issues with a lot of my clutter. I'm like, I can tell you how that clutter happened. That clutter happened, well, because... So I was going to do it and then this happened. And so I put that there temporarily and then my daughter and I was going to clean it up. And then my daughter started using it like as a fort and not the napkins, but you know, just whatever random clutter, the napkins. Well, you know, I was really proud of myself for the fact that we cleared off the table last night and it never even occurred to me to pick up the napkins and, um, you know, who even knows, but I've always got some long drawn out explanation that I can come up with if I need to, if I feel the need, I can come up with a long drawn out solution. I mean, thing on everything. And so I tend to look at a problem and go, I'm looking at this from every single angle where the thing I've noticed in people who don't struggle with these things, the way that I struggle with them is that they, let's just be honest because they are the way they are. They probably wouldn't have the piles in the bedroom, which I'm not saying is a you thing. I'm saying, I mean, my goodness, I just cleaned out my bedroom this weekend because when I made that five day clutter shakedown, which is the bonus that comes when you pre-order, I tore my bedroom apart. I don't even know how it happened. It had been in great shape. Here's my explanation stuff coming out. It had really, truly been in great shape. And, and it's like when I was walking around the house collecting clutter to put on that shelf that I used as a demonstration. Whew, oh my goodness. I, I mean, that plus, you know, moving stuff out of the shot. You know, it's like I had already started um, filming this one of the days of the clutter shakedown and I'm doing it. And then I go back and I see that my husband's little table where he dumps all his little stuff that he pulls out of his pockets, that that was in the shot. So I push that out of the way and then I push this and then I push shove this over here. And, and all of a sudden it was like as bad as it ever was. And it had been under great, you know, but, but I was making a video and that was my thing that mattered. And that's my big explanation. And so I get it. I am not saying, "Mm, you know, you shouldn't have those piles in your room. I get it. So what do you do when you have those piles in your room? Because y'all know I'm a visibility rule person and the living room, 
meets the visibility rule. That's the place to start. Getting those books out of the living room, especially if you really do have a place, they fit in the container of those bookshelves that are already established in your bedroom. That's great. But if, if we're working on this space, then this space is the top priority and we just do whatever has to be done to make that happen. Not stuff shifting, not just moving, stacking those books in the bedroom and making the bedroom even worse, but saying, okay, these have a place to go. This is where I would look for them first. I'm going to do what has to be done and make a path through the clothes and the blankets and the shoes and the hangers. I'm just going to make a path and do that. Because remember, the magical thing happens. When I focus on the visibility rule first, when I focus on my living room, and I remove all those easy things, which the books are easy, because they already have an established home, it's not easy to get them there. But they're easy in that they don't require any kind of analysis on my part. If I remove those books, and I take them to the bookshelves in the bedroom, I'm going to come back into the living room, and I'm going to go, looks so much better. And then I'm going to keep working in the living room. And as the living room looks better, then that it's, it's like this energy multiplier and focusing on that visibility rule. I have a podcast I did, I don't know, probably six months ago, visibility, visibility, you know, that how it plays out, how it goes from, how do you work on going from the living room and then keep up the living room while you go to the next most visible space to the next most visible space, which I go into in great detail in Decluttering at the Speed of Life, my next book. But that inspiring yourself by the visible progress will eventually get you to the bedroom. Okay, but for now, you've got to do the easy stuff of getting those books onto the shelf. And that is where that is where it's so important to understand what easy stuff means, the way that I define it. Easy stuff is mentally easy. It does not necessarily mean physically easy, but it's mentally easy. Because I feel like half of this for people like me, and I know for so many of you, it is a physical battle because you are struggling with a chronic illness and physical problems that keep you from being able to do this. But I'm saying from my perspective, this is a mental battle for me. And I may not feel like putting books on the bookshelf. I may not feel like shoving things to the side and making a path, but I can do that. But the issue where I get stopped up is in the analysis part of it. I know people call it analysis paralysis. That is the problem. And so going, all right, this is easy. I know where the books go. I don't have to fret about it. I don't have to think hard. I don't have to walk around my house and wonder. I don't ha- I know for a fact those go there. They already have an established home somewhere else. Taking them there is mentally easy. And then say, I'm going to whatever obstacle there is, I'm just going to get this, do whatever has to be done to get this easy stuff done. Okay. Because it's another mental obstacle to look at the bedroom and go, I mean, in an ideal world, no, I wouldn't make a path. Of course I wouldn't make a path in an ideal world. I don't live in an ideal world. 
I just have to get it done. And getting that done is a huge step to get those books out of the living room and onto the step to the the shelves where they are. And making a path isn't going to make that room any better, but it's also not going to make it any worse. But the living room is going to be tons better when those books are out of there. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm telling y'all, I, there are so many times when I have to actually say the words inside my, sometimes I say them out loud, Dana, please stop talking. Please stop talking. Please stop talking. Because I mean, I just give too much information. I guess that's why I'm able to have a podcast. I don't know. Um, but I do, I just, Dana, stop explaining, stop giving details that nobody cares about. Oh my goodness, Dana, please. But this is what goes on inside my head that I have had to come up with these strategies that make me stop that and telling myself I'm going to do the easy stuff first. I am not going to reanalyze. I'm just going to go ahead and move things out of here that already have an established home somewhere else. That stops that conversation in my head. It stops me from analyzing. Make sense? Okay. Overthinking or analyzing what's best before actually doing anything. Um, you know, that that's a big, big issue here is me trying to figure out how to stop my over constant overthinking. So, okay, so here's an example that I have for you. I always say this. Um, we love Disney World. We've taken the kids twice. We want to go again, but we're trying to wait. We really are ready to go again, but we're trying to wait until um, uh, Star Wars Land opens. And I think that's in 19. So we're a little disappointed to have to wait, but we also don't want to go if it's not open yet. So anyway, um, <clears throat> but if y'all remember, if you've been around a long time, you know that... <laughs> I think it was in 2010. I made a website that I called, I think it was what we ate with Mickey.com. And the reason was because I had planned our vacation and I wanted to use the quick service meal plan, which I mean, you know, if you don't know Disney, don't worry about it. But basically it was, I wanted to, the quick service is like where you go and it's, it's like fast food basically but all your meals are included. And my whole reason why I wanted to use the meal plan that they have is because I knew my brain. I knew that if I went to Disney World, I didn't, I, I would not feel like I was on vacation if every time we had to eat, which is three times a day, I did the math because that's what I do. If we go to a restaurant, I do the math, meaning my kids were little and I would look at them and say, okay, is it cheaper to do two kids meals or would we get the same amount of food and how much cheaper would it be if we got one adult meal and then they share or let so-and-so no, we don't share drinks if they're free refills. That's like a standard that I have anyway. But 
we'll let so-and-so have the drink this time and I'll just have to keep track. And then so-and-so will have the drink the next time. And that is how my brain just naturally goes because I'm ridiculously frugal. So I would look at those and I knew myself when I heard about the meal plan and I realized that that would just automatically mean that my kids could order whatever they wanted off the kids menu. I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to do that because that will take so much stress out of my vacation for me. And it's because I know myself, you know, I cannot just say to my kids, Hey guys, y'all just order whatever you want. I still don't do that. I'm a little embarrassed sometimes because we'll go out with people and their kids just order whatever. And my kids are like, Hey mom, can I have a, this, can I have that? And I look at the price and I analyze and all that. But that was part of vacation for me. I didn't want to have to analyze those things. And so removing the opportunity to analyze helps me move forward and it helps me relax and it helps me enjoy the process more. So, so many of my decluttering strategies are me removing the need to analyze things. That's like, I don't base my decluttering on how an item makes me feel. You know, unless it's absolutely something that rips my heart out to get rid of, you know, obviously, I'm not going to do that. But my decluttering questions are not based on emotions. And they're not even based on thinking through things. You know, my first decluttering question is, where would I look for this first? And it's an instinct. I don't get to go, well, let's see if I was, well, but what about the, Mm, I don't get to do that. It's all, where would I look for this first? There's only one answer to where I would look for it first if I needed this. Okay. And then the next question is, if I needed this, would it ever occur to me that I already had one? You know, those are completely non-emotional because if I don't have those questions, I leave myself open to analyzing and thinking through and, well, but I should probably do this before this, but oh, if I do that, then I'm never going to get this done. And then I just tell myself, you know what, I'm going to answer this question. It just makes it easy. Okay. So I guess my point there is that when I say easy, I don't mean physically easy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, analytically easy, removing the, the analysis and making it easy in that way, because that frees me to go ahead and just make progress. Okay. In the time that I sit there thinking about, what's really the best way to do this? Shouldn't I do this? In that time, I could make the path and move the books. Okay. So it's not my question, but it's a question I totally, completely understand. Okay. All right. So those are, um, my, my point is look for the simplest answer. Look for the answer that is mentally easy, even if it's not physically easy. Okay. While following the rules that, I mean, come on, declutter however you want to, but if you want to follow my strategies, you know, it's visibility is how to prioritize, do the easiest of the easy stuff first, which is trash, get that out of there without analyzing, well, what should I really No, Just get the trash out. There's nothing to analyze. And then that 
makes the space less visually overwhelming, which makes me able to keep going. And then I do the easy stuff, stuff that has an established home somewhere else, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. Um, I want to talk real quick. Um, if you're still here, um, about just some of the comments I've been getting about the five day clutter shakedown, which is a video course that is, um, five videos plus or minus 10 minutes each. So you can watch it in less than an hour. Um, that talk you through working through an overwhelming mess and that can be applied to small spaces, big spaces, your entire house, whatever. Um, here's what I'm loving hearing. I am loving, I've heard this from multiple women and y'all know that I speak to women because that's who I assume all of you are, even though I know there are men who listen, but I have heard from multiple women who have watched it with their husbands. Now, not all husbands are going to be desiring to watch this video series, whatever. But the thing I'm hearing is people who have watched it with their husbands, some have watched it with their children, then they're making progress because they're using the same steps and they're using the same strategies. And they're now working together on this. And that thrills my heart. And I think I'm going to make my husband watch it. Mm hmm. And he'll go, this was why our bedroom was a total disaster in December. <laughs> and I'll go, I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, um, but yeah, so the five-day clutter shakedown is a $30 value. It's going to be $30 after the book comes out. But right now, it's free. You can order the book, which I think is like $11.59 some places. You can pre-order the book. That means you'll get the book the day that it comes out and then fill out the form to claim your pre-order bonus. You have to fill out the information and then when you submit the next page you get to, go ahead and copy the um, the code that's going to make it free and then click on that link that you'll see after you submit your pre-order information. Click on that link to sign up for the five-day clutter shakedown. If you have any problems, just email me at a slobcomesclean at gmail.com and I will help you with that. But um, but you do not have to enter payment information or anything like that. It's just completely free. So if you have the code that you get when you fill out the pre-order bonus information. So go to aslobcomesclean.com slash bonus to find out more about that. I personally am excited about it and I'm really proud of it and I feel like it's worth your time. And I think, I think the reason that it's working is because it's visual because you can see, I'm explaining how this works and then you're seeing me work through the clutter purposefully, which it's some pretty significant clutter at the beginning anyway, and how that process works. Um, it's also, if you don't like to watch videos, it's also available as audio files and it's available, um, as, a transcript because I had them transcripted, transcribed. That's the word. Um, anyway, so you can read it as well if that's how you prefer or if your internet is slow or whatever. Um, okay. So speaking engagements, like I said, I will be at, um, the South Lake library in South Lake, Texas, um, next Thursday night. So go to a slob slash speaking and you will find the address there and the exact time and all that. That is on January 25th. So next Thursday. And I will also be in uh, Norman, Oklahoma and Moore, Oklahoma um, 
Norman at the Norman Public Library on March 24th at 10 a.m. And at the Moore, did I say Norman? The, it's Norman the first time at 10 a.m. And then the Moore Public Library on March 24th at 2 p.m. in Moore, Oklahoma. Those are both by Oklahoma City. So I would love to meet you there. Um, and then April 13th and 14th, I will be in San Diego at the Pinners Conference and Expo. Now, I talked about this when it was going to be in Dallas. Um, I think it was in September. But I'd never been to one, and so I didn't know what it was like. Y'all, these are super fun. If you've ever been to a home and garden show, like some sort of thing, you know, where there's booths and all kinds of things, that's what this is. It's a home and garden show, but it is very Pinteresty focused. So if you like crafts and home things and beauty stuff. And I mean, it is just, there's booths to walk. It's like they're in convention centers. So like you, I mean, it was two huge, huge, huge spaces full of that. And then there's classes all day long. And so, um, you can use my link at a slobcomesclean.com slash speaking. I have a, or you can just go to their thing. Use the code clean for 10% off of your ticket. Um, so I'll be at that one. I'll be in San Diego, April 13th and 14th. I'm just telling y'all, these would be fun girls weekends. Um, like that's what a lot of people that I met at the one in Dallas had done. Um, and they had done it the year before and done it again. Basically, you know, like just made this a girls weekend because there's so many, there's classes on, um, you know, painting and sewing and, um, just all different kind of craft projects. And you can, um, pay to actually have the materials and do the project there. I know that my friend Aaliyah Millam, um, she has taught cooking classes. So there's, I mean, it's just all kinds of fun stuff. I'll also be at the Pinners Conference and Expo in Atlanta, Georgia, April 27th and 28th. Um, and I'll be at the Pinners Conference and Expo in Minneapolis, um, June 22nd and June 23rd. And then I'll be at the one in Dallas, September 14th and 15th, but that's really far away. So anyway, um, I would love to meet you at one of those. I am also working on a few things and hopefully we'll have some more speaking engagements to announce soon. So, um, okay, well, thanks for joining me and I will talk to you guys next week. Okay.